You're listening to the Build That Business Podcast, episode number 43. Today, we're covering something that isn't always fun to talk about, but so important, challenging client situations. We have all been there, no matter how bad we want to forget. Raise your hand if you've ever had a client who insists on texting you at all hours of the evening, no matter how hard you try to enforce boundaries. Or maybe you've been in a situation where the client is the sweetest person in the world, but everything seems to be so chaotic as you work together. Does the word deadline mean anything to them? Or maybe you actually disappointed the client. Hey, we're all human. Today, we're pulling back the curtain and talking about all of it because my hand is raised too. And maybe I've got a few other limbs in the air as well, because after 1500 weddings under my belt, I've seen it all, and I've learned a thing or two on how to handle these sticky situations. Ready for some real talk? Let's get into it. Hello there, and welcome to the Build That Business podcast. Lindsay J. Williams here. I'm a small-town mama from Niagara Falls, New York, with big, bold dreams. I'm also a successful solopreneur on a mission to help you build, grow, and scale your business. And I'm a damn good cheerleader, if I do say so myself. So I'll be with you every step of the way, girlfriends. Here, we share tangible tips and inspiring stories from entrepreneurs just like you, making their business dreams happen. We talk about the triumphs and the struggles of life as an entrepreneur. So what do you say? Are you ready to turn your passion into profits? Are you ready to build that business? I thought you might say so. Let's get to work. Okay, first up, before we start to talk about the specific scenarios and what to do about them, I want to back up to the initial red flag. I would bet my house that if you have a challenging client, there was a red flag that you ignored. Time for real talk, my friend. Did you notice from the first ever email or maybe those first four frantic emails that they disregarded your process or schedule? Did you notice at the first appointment that they needed everything perfect and would accept nothing less? Time to get honest with ourselves. Maybe you did notice these things, but you are afraid to say no to the job. Maybe you talked yourself out of these nudges and said, oh, it's not that bad. She'll be fine once we start working together. I can manage it. Or maybe you took the job out of fear that you wouldn't be able to fill your wedding calendar this year. That's called a scarcity mindset and will kill your business. Every minute we spend working with a red flag client is a minute wasted from serving your dream clients and building your business. So rule number one of business, you need to trust your gut. You need to trust yourself so that when you see these red flags waving, you need to be brave enough to say no and to trust that your dream client is waiting in the wings for you. Over the years, I've perfected my marketing, sales, customer service. All of that was on point. But this right here, walking away from a client that wasn't the right fit was something I always struggled with. Do I lie and say that their date filled up? Do I say that we're not the right fit? No one wants to hear we're not the right fit. That's just a nice way of saying you're a total pain and I don't want to work with you. Do I say that I'm not able to deliver what they're looking for? This one sounded like the path of least resistance, but hell no, I'm not going to put down my ability or myself. I sure as heck can deliver for people. Here's what I realized. We don't have to explain ourselves. We're just not available, period. We may not be available because the date failed up, or maybe we're choosing to not be available, or maybe we're just mentally not available to put up with what we know is coming. 
I've perfected an email script that gently and politely declines a job that you know in your gut is not the right fit. It's simple, short, friendly, and to the point, it's been a lifesaver for my business. I have it available to all of you if you want to grab it and save it on your desktop or in your email drafts for the next time you need to let someone down easily. Go to lindsayjwilliams.com to grab that script and six other email templates that you need for your wedding business. It's all there for free, ready for you to copy and paste. That's lindsayjwilliams.com slash email. Pause this episode and go grab it. I'll put the link in our show notes. All right, now that we got that out of the way, talking about the red flags, let's talk about what happens when it's too late for that. You ignored the red flags, or maybe there weren't any, but regardless, you took the job and now you're in it. No shame in this. Again, we have all been there. I'm going to help you get through it. Ready? Let's get our hands dirty and figure this out. Scenario number one, an excessively demanding client. I feel like I need to give a little head nod to all of my wedding pros listening right now. This is like a secret language we can all understand with just one look. Am I right? Listen, I get it. Planning a wedding can be stressful for the couple and emotions are running high. They're under a lot of pressure and want this event to go off without a hitch. However, we're all human and we need to nip this in the bud as soon as it arrives. Here's what I want you to do. Number one, communicate expectations early and often. All of the deliverables, timeline, communication, this should all be, of course, in your contract. But I also want you to get in the habit of repeating these in every email you have with your clients. For example, in my wedding stationery business, I would simply add a few words in each email communicating what to expect for the next step in the process. I'd say something like, thanks for sending over your wording. I'll now get started on three design options and we'll have the first drafts ready for you to review via email within two to three weeks. You see how in that one sentence, I told them three design options, the how many. I told them that they would would be sent via email, how it will be delivered, aka they're not getting printed samples right now. And I told them the timeline, two to three weeks. You need to be specific here. Don't just say something like, thanks so much for sending. I'll send over the first drafts as soon as they're ready. That leaves the door open for them to email you every single day asking where their proofs are, driving you absolutely insane. You see the difference? Set expectations early and often. Next tip, be crystal clear on what you can and can't do. Say it matter-of-factly and unapologetically. If a couple starts to ask for things that are totally out of your scope after you've already agreed on your proposal, it's okay to say, what a beautiful idea. That's not something I provide, but here's a name of a few vendors that might be able to help. It is their wedding, and if they want an ice sculpture carved in their likeness, they can knock themselves out. But that doesn't mean that you have to bust out a chisel and make it happen. Last tip here, stay patient and kind and give yourself a little breathing room before you respond. I know when you get an email that ruffles your feathers, it's so hard to not snap back immediately or become defensive. The best business advice I ever got was actually from a psychic. It's funny to think about it now, but she approached me and noticed my empathic qualities. I think a lot of wedding professionals have the same trait. We feel for our couples. We feel with our couples. We're emotional people. That's why we love being part of such profound moments in people's lives, right? But here's what she told me. She said, you cannot take on the stress and emotion of someone else. 
This will hold you back from serving who you need to serve and from fulfilling the work you were put on this planet to do. How profound, right? I want you to remember this every single time you get a demanding, nasty, or stress-filled email. Breathe, step back, and respond patiently and matter-of-factly. Remove yourself from the emotion and lay out the facts, what's possible, what you can do, what you agreed on. Promise me this. It's so important. Okay, let's move on to scenario two, the lackadaisical client. This one made me smile because it's actually the exact opposite of client number one that we just talked about, the demanding one. These are couples who might be the sweetest people in the world, but the word deadline or timeline means nothing to them. They're taking their sweet old time, getting you the details you need, and it's causing you to be the one stressing out about their wedding. Again, take the advice from our psychic friend. We cannot take on the stress and emotion of someone else, or we can't take on the stress and emotion for someone else. If I know anything about my listeners, it's that we care deeply about our work and our clients. And sometimes it's even possible to care more than our clients actually do. It took me a few years of being chronically stressed out to realize that we have to let go of what we can't control. If a bride isn't stressed about getting her invitations out in a timely manner, then I roll with it. We can give her the timeline and nudge accordingly, but ultimately it's up to her to stay on top of her wedding, which leads me to the first tip. I want you to clearly communicate all timelines in your contract. I know you know this, but here's a reminder. Instead of concrete dates, for example, instead of saying I'll need your wording by March 1st in order to have your invitations ready to mail by July 1st, you should say something like, once I have the wording, the first round of design takes three to four weeks. Then each round of revisions will take between two to three weeks. And then once the suite is approved, printing takes four to five weeks. Then I'll put a little star or a little asterisk and I'll say invitation should be mailed six to eight weeks before the wedding date. By not putting exact dates, this leaves it open for the client to be responsible for when you start on the initial design and every step of the way. And I'm using my own business stationery as an example, but take this and apply it to your business. I personally find that if you put exact dates and the client misses one of those days, they expect you to make up for it so that everything else stays on track. And that's not how this works. So to save yourself from constantly adjusting the timeline and losing your mind, lay it out like this. All right, next tip here, set up automatic reminders of when things are due and when you need to get the ball rolling at every touch point in the process. Every step of the way, you should have a reminder going out. Whether or not they actually follow it is not your problem. I know it sounds harsh, but they're adults. It's their wedding. They need to stay on top of it. We can only do our job by communicating how long this takes and sending reminders every step of the way. Here's how I do this. I have an email sequence that's set up automatically based on their wedding date. Every time I book a new couple, they go into the system and emails are sent based on a date trigger. So if their wedding is June 1st, for example, my email service provider sees that column and automatically sends the email one year before, then eight months before, then six months before, then three months before. It's a whole sequence. The emails are set up once and as new customers are put put into my system, they get sent automatically. I created a document with a full date-based email template for all of my current clients, what we're talking about now, 
and people who haven't bought from me yet. Those emails are more for selling and upselling and encourage people to book their appointment with me. This email sequence is gold and has saved my butt so many times. When someone's late on their stuff, I can nicely say, I sent you an email six months out as a reminder of the timeline and everything we needed. Implementing this will not only save your butt, but it will also give you peace of mind knowing that everyone is being served and remembered while you work on your weddings happening right now in this moment. To grab that email sequence, visit lindsayjwilliams.com slash date-based emails. I'll also put this in the show notes so you can grab it. All right, let's move on to the last scenario, number three, disappointing a client. This one stings a little bit, I know, because now the tables are turned and this one might be our fault. Before you get all defensive and try to explain yourself, I need you to relax those shoulders and lean in. Hear me right now, mistakes happen. They sting, but we are human and the nature of our work is a lot of moving parts, a lot of little details. Things don't go, things don't always go off without a hitch, no matter how hard we try. First thing I want to talk about here is when an error is made and it's quote unquote the client's fault. Maybe they gave you an old copy of the seating chart, or maybe they misspelled the word marriage when sending you the copy for their invitations and you never caught it and they never caught it before it went to print. Or maybe they forgot to tell you that they changed the father-daughter dance song at the last minute and you played the wrong one. When these things happen, it is so tempting to put your guard up and say, well, in my contract, it says you are responsible for providing me the correct wording and proofing everything. Uh, Yes, 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 I know. And I'm not saying your contract shouldn't be honored. But instead of getting defensive, I want you to step back and put yourself in the couple's shoes. They're likely beating themselves up over this and they don't need another I told you so. They need support right now. So instead of slapping them with the contract, reply with understanding and a genuine desire to help. For example, if we notice after we go to print that the word marriage was misspelled, I'll say something like, I'm so sorry that neither of us caught this. Pausing right here for a second. I want to be clear that I'm acknowledging that they are equally responsible for catching errors and it's not all on me. So I say something like, I'm so sorry that neither of us caught this. I know this must be stressful. I'm happy to reprint these for you at no cost. All right, pausing here again. Yes, I said reprint at no cost. This is going to cost you money, but I want you to think about the cost of your peace of mind and of the relationship with your client. Mistakes are going to happen and clients will remember you one of two ways. Someone who stepped up to help when you could have easily said too bad or someone who left them hanging with a misspelled word on an invitation to the most important event of their life. How do you want to be remembered? The product of your business is the story people tell after doing business with you. Listen to that again. The product of your business is the story people tell after doing business with us. It's not the product itself. That story people tell is everything. And I'm telling you, it's worth the money that you'll spend on reprinting. Another quick note here, once you do this once, it won't happen again. I obsessively check the word marriage, M-A-R-R-I-A-G-E, before every single print run now. I've never made that mistake twice. So I want to leave you with this. Above all else, you need to protect your peace. 
I know how bad it stings when we mess up or when a client isn't happy or asks for a refund. I know how this can send us into a tizzy that lasts all day or even all week. I've been there. When you get that email, your heart sinks, right? And your stomach suddenly drops and you feel sick. I get panic DMs from my students all the time saying, the couple spelled this word wrong. They provided it to me like that. It's in my contract that they're responsible for proofing and now they're upset and I don't want to reprint. And I just want to reach my hand through the screen and grab your shoulders. You've already spent too much time, energy, peace worrying about this. Reprint. Refund a portion if you need to. Apologize. Make it right and move on. Really, that's my advice. Make it right and move on. You can't afford to let this eat away at you. You need to get to work on serving your clients and growing your business. You need to protect your peace. Okay, my friends, what an episode. It's hard to talk about all of these cringe-worthy things that can happen in our business, but they do indeed happen, and you need a plan for when they do. As always, I'm here for you, and I'm cheering you on. If you ever find yourself in a sticky situation, shoot me a DM at Miss Lindsay J. Williams on Instagram or Lindsay J. Williams on Facebook, and we'll talk through it. I've got you. I've got your back. Thanks for listening, and keep on building those businesses. There you have it. We just finished another episode of the Build That Business podcast. For a recap of the show, head on over to lindsayjwilliams.com slash show notes. And if you're looking for a community of like-minded creative entrepreneurs, join us inside our private Facebook group at lindsayjwilliams.com slash group. I can't wait to see you there. Oh, and P.S. If you love this episode and never want to miss an opportunity to be challenged and inspired, click subscribe now. Keep on building that business, girl friends.